0: The reading will be taken from Matthew, chapter seven, verse twelve. It's Matthew seven, verse twelve. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. This is my holiday lesson for you. I know that a number are getting together with family and with friends over the next, not just this week, but the next several weeks as it's kind of the holiday season. I think it's important for Christians to be intentional about our relationship with the Lord. I think it's important for us to make sure that we remember some things. There are some of us who, when we get together with our families, we may be the only New Testament Christians that our family members are around the entire year. There are some of us who have very difficult situations in our family and our friend relationships and we need to remember that we still represent Jesus Christ. Not just to the world where we work and where we go to school and, but we represent Jesus Christ to our family members as well. And it's important for us, especially at times like this, to think about the words of our Lord and to put them into practice in our lives. If you haven't already got your Bible open, open it to Matthew chapter 7, and I want you to look at verse 12. It is perhaps the best known verse in the Bible, and it is also perhaps the least applied verse in the Bible. Jesus says, Therefore, whatever you would have men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. This is basically a variation on a theme. Love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 40. Love your neighbor as yourself. Whatever you'd have men to do to you, do also to them. But when you think about the golden rule, I want you to notice three things. It demands action. Notice the word do. It's not just good intentions. It's not just, well, I meant to do something about this. Do unto others. Secondly, it settles a hundred different questions. I'm preaching on this in the face of a holiday week because this is the one verse that if you could put it in your pocket, if you could write it on your heart, this is the one verse that in a hundred different scenarios will help you to respond in a Christ-like way to others. It settles a hundred different questions regardless of the situation What would I have someone to do to me in this situation? That's what God expects me to do to them. And not only that, it is remarkably flexible. This is one of those passages that isn't just locked into a time and a place and a context. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, this is the law and the prophets. Everything hangs on this. It's loving your neighbor as yourself. And you can apply this over and over in many, many different situations with different people. With that in mind this evening, I'd like to give you six areas to think about to consider where we could make application of the golden rule. And it's not just for this particular week, but it's especially relevant sometimes because it seems like we often forget when we're with family especially that we're New Testament Christians. We forget that we represent the Lord Jesus Think about these areas in your own life. Number one, we ought to apply the golden rule in the area of giving and receiving encouragement. Not everybody gives encouragement, and those who give it don't always give it well. Not everybody receives encouragement, and most of us have trouble receiving it well. Think about it though. In Acts chapter four, verse 36, there was a man that they called Barnabas. That was his nickname. His real name was Joseph. But they called him Barnabas because he was such a good encourager. He was so involved in people's lives and trying to help them that they just said, you are the son of encouragement. That's what they called him. There's old Barnabas, the son of encouragement coming this way. Wouldn't it be wonderful if people thought of us in the same vein? In Hebrews 3, verses 12 and 13, the Bible says, Take care, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. Exhort, encourage one another daily, as long as it is called a day, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. God has given you and me the charge to be an encourager, an encourager of others, lifting them up, bringing grace to them, Ephesians 4 verse 29. In Philemon verse 21, Paul writes to his friend and his brother in Christ and he says this, he says, I am confident of your obedience and I'm writing to you. And listen to how he says this, it's such an encouraging statement, knowing that you will do even more than I say. Paul's basically saying to his friend Philemon, he's saying. I know I can count on you and I know because I know your personality and I know the kind of person you are. I know that you're not just going to do what I'm asking of you. I know you're going to do more than what I ask. That's encouraging on both fronts. Paul's encouraged by the character of Philemon. Philemon's encouraged by Paul thinking so highly of him. We need in our application of the golden rule to consider how we give encouragement, whether we give encouragement and how we receive it. When someone tries to build us up, how do we respond? A second area to consider this week as we think about our relationships and our lives with our friends and our family, we ought to observe the golden rule in handling differences over opinions. Handling differences over opinions. And I want you to consider just three passages with me along these lines. In the first place, Acts 15, 39, there was a difference of opinion between Paul and Barnabas over whether they should take John Mark. The scripture says there was such a sharp disagreement that they separated from each other, but they still behaved like Christians. They still behaved with brotherly love. These men, even though they decided that they needed to go do different work, they did not break their fellowship with one another. And that's critically important. It's important for the people of God to discern what is a matter of faith and what is a matter of opinion, of judgment. In Romans 14 verses 19 and 20, the Bible reminds us as Christians, let us pursue, and think about this, let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. That's encouragement. That is uplifting. What makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. Talking about a matter of judgment here. It's wrong for me to take this issue that's not a matter of faith and to cause somebody to stumble. The golden rule. What would I have someone do to me in this circumstance? 1 Corinthians ten twenty three: All things are lawful as Paul considers eating meat offered to idols, but not all things are helpful. There are some liberties and privileges that you enjoy in christ that it may be right for you to forego because not all things build up and christians need to discern because we love our neighbor as ourselves because we want to do unto others as we'd have them do unto us is this a matter of judgment is this a matter of opinion and if so the right course of action for me may be the course of love and upbuilding and helpfulness Matters of opinion. A third area in which we ought to apply the golden rule. Handling differences over matters of faith. You probably saw that one coming, right? Matters of opinion, matters of faith. You have some people in your life that don't see eye to eye with you spiritually. Do you have people in your relationships that struggle over the same issues over and over and over, and you kind of get that knot in the pit of your stomach when you realize I'm going to have to be with them again? Do you have those kinds of relationships? A number of people do. How do we handle differences over matters of faith? I appreciate what the Apostle Paul did in Acts chapter 17 when he went to Athens, Greece. He tried to find common ground, he tried to find a place of agreement. And as he began his sermon on Mars Hill, even though he disagreed passionately with their idolatry, he did not see life the way they saw it. He did not view the issues of the day the way they viewed them. But Paul started with this. He didn't say, you guys are all wrong and you're lost and you're going to hell. He started with this. He said, I was walking around your city and I saw the objects of your worship. And I found an altar with this inscription. It said, to the unknown God, Therefore, Paul says, the one you worship is unknown, I'm going to tell you about. What the apostle Paul do, he thoughtfully found common ground, a reason to encourage the people that he was talking to. I believe that this is a common ground between us. And can't we just start there if we're going to discuss things? In Jude 22 and 23, the apostle, excuse me, the, the writer Jude tells us that we are to have mercy on those who doubt. You know, sometimes when there are differences over matters of faith because we do care about souls and we are concerned about people's eternal salvation, because those things are true, we launch into DEFCON 1, big time, we're going we're gonna to deal with this and we're going we're gonna to make sure that we use the sledgehammer approach in the way that we deal with people who differ. And the Bible says there are times when we ought to make a distinction because Jude is telling us there are some people who are struggling, they're doubting, and they might be wavering in what they're thinking about. Treat them, he says, differently, but others snatch them out of the fire and to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. In other words, there are different tools that we can use to help bring people to a closer relationship with God. We don't always have to hit people with a sledgehammer when there are differences in matters of faith. The Bible's telling us this. And if that wasn't enough, think about this in 2 Timothy 2:24, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. Isn't that interesting to think about? It's the golden rule. The Lord's servant isn't quarrelsome, but he's kind to everyone able to teach, patiently enduring evil, because we've got differences in matters of faith, you see. There's going to be some evil that you endure. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, it says, there is a time for us as Christians to reflect on the fact that we need to be Christ-like in how we handle differences over matters of faith. And it's good to think about these passages beforehand. Whatever you'd have men to do to you, do also to them. How about the way we work? The way we work, Ephesians 6 verses 5 and 6 if someone sends us on a task, if someone gives us work to do, the scripture tells bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, realizing that you're doing this as you would to Christ. As peop- not, a, not by the way of eye service, as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. The world would be a better place if everybody worked like that if everybody saw their work as not just service to an employer or service to someone that we've agreed to help but rather service to the Lord himself that's what the scripture is telling us it's the golden rule how would you want someone to work for you in Ecclesiastes 9.10, the, the writer says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Don't just give a half-hearted effort. Don't just slouch in what you're doing, but give your best effort. Work with excellence. In Proverbs ten verse twenty six, the writer says, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard, the lazy man to those who send him. The golden rule talks about and applies to the way that we work the effort we give or lack thereof. Would I be content with someone serving me and working for me in this particular way? And like unto work, number five, the way we serve. The golden rule applies to the way we serve, the way we serve others. In Philippians 2.14, the scripture tells us to do all things, and that includes our service, and that includes our work, and that includes our relationships and conversations with people without grumbling or disputing. Do all things without grumbling or complaining. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, each one must give. He's talking about giving as he has decided his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You think about the way we serve, it's closely related to the way we give. Those are linked. The idea is when I give, it ought to be a cheerful gift. When I serve, it ought to be cheerful service. My pleasure, says Chick-fil-A, my pleasure. The idea being, this is something I enjoy doing for you. The golden rule. if Somebody serves you, you don't want them grumbling and complaining. You want them to be cheerful about it. I'm really happy that I get to serve, that I get to be a part of this. Mark 10:45. we're Christ-like when we serve. Even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I want you to remember in the week upcoming and the weeks to come, if the Lord wills, I want you to remember that God's people are a serving people. And it's not just that we serve, it's how we serve that matters. about our desire to share the gospel? Each of us knows someone who needs to hear the message, who needs to know the truth. And the golden rule dictates it implies whatever you'd have men to do unto you, do also to them. If someone is outside of Christ and if their soul is in danger, what if that were me? How would I want to be approached? How would I want someone to treat me if I was the one who was lost? It's the way a Christian thinks. In 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 9, it's not strictly an evangelistic passage, but it really does apply when you think about the implications. There were some beggars who had found that the army, the Syrian army, had left completely. They deserted their camp. And so these guys go into the tents, and they're, they're, they're living it up. You know, They're eating and drinking, and everybody's been starving inside the city, and they're still in there thinking the Syrian army is still outside. And so finally these beggars look at each other, and they say, we're not doing right over there inside the city there are people who are starving this is a day of good news if we're silent and wait till the morning light punishment will overtake us now therefore come let us go and tell the king's household these men understood that they had something precious and they resolved to treat others the way they wanted to be treated this is not right what we're doing we're holding these wonderful blessings into ourselves Proverbs 11, verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. It's wise to be a soul winner. There are people in your sphere of influence that nobody else who is a New Testament Christian may ever contact. Who is there in your life that uniquely you know whoever wins or captures souls is wise? Remember the mission of our Lord. He summed it up this way. I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's why I'm here. I've come to this world to win souls, to find the lost and bring them home to God. The golden rule, treating others as we'd want to be treated, implies that that's going to be our mission as well because we have a wonderful savior and we want people to know him in a rich, in a deep and an intimate way. Coming to know Jesus Christ begins by the way, with faith in him, confession of his name, repentance of our sins and baptism. When we're baptized, we enter into a relationship with God himself. And if you decide that you need to put on Christ in baptism, maybe at an assembly like this one, there's no better time and there's no better environment in which to put on Christ. If you're ready to do that tonight, if you need to respond and obey the gospel, if you want to respond and ask for prayers, whatever your need is tonight, won't you make your way down the aisle while together we stand and sing?